0: mm
1: Hey, folks, welcome into On to Waveland Winter Meetings Edition. Uh, This is Brett Taylor, joined by Sahadev Sharma and Patrick Mooney. They are out in delightful San Diego, assuredly about to hit the beach, catch some waves. Uh, I am in the bitter cold of the Midwest And I will just deal with it. Uh, You know, I got a little bit of sun from this week of activity. It was a little buzzy. It was a little exciting to have the winter meetings back uh, for the first time in a few years. And I got to kick it off there for you guys being there at the winter meetings, you know, first time in three years. How was the energy? How did it feel for you? How did you know, take us inside the experience a little bit?
2: Yeah, I mean, there's absolutely uh, a bit of a buzz uh, around baseball right now. I mean, you, you see the contracts, you see the money being spent. Uh, it's nice that there's action uh, during the winter meetings. Remember, even before uh, COVID and and the lockout, uh, these winter meetings suddenly became really quiet, right? It, it, deals were being done in February. Uh, I think it's better for everyone. Baseball, uh, growing the game for the fans – to have a lot of activity, uh, at this point in time, uh, instead of waiting for things to get done in spring training, it's just really odd, uh, when that type of stuff happens. And, and obviously fans, uh, you know, I I think fans want more Cubs fans want more, but to see the Cubs active again, uh, you know, that, that's a, that's a good thing for fans. I, I hope, I hope they're, they're energized by that. And obviously they, they, they're going to call for a lot more to be done, and the Cubs absolutely need to do more, but this is a, this is a there's, there's a lot of buzz here, and I, I definitely enjoy that.
0: We, we kind of wondered like can the Cubs have a successful offseason without landing one of the big four shortstops and I don't think we've answered that question yet, but the Cubs have at least given their fans like something to point to. And, you know, Jed Hoyer is not taking uh, victory laps right now. I think he likened it to, like, this is maybe the end of the first quarter. And he has conditioned himself to kind of be in off-season mode right up until, like, pitchers and catchers report to spring training. That's how slow uh, the off-season calendar has been in recent years. And the Cubs have been so stuck from, like, a payroll farm system major league roster standpoint that there was even more uh just kind of standing around looking at each other like what are the Cubs uh, going to be able to do but you know tie on is a, a big contract for a pitcher that Sahadev will have more on and like Cody Bellinger is uh, certainly not a perfect player I mean the Dodgers just released him rather than taking him through arbitration but His highs have been, you know, absolute top of the game in a way that uh, this feels like a little better than or a little different than some of these bounce back change of scenery guys. This is not just someone Theo once drafted in Boston and like the Red Sox liked coming out of high school. Like this is an MVP World Series winning gold glove center fielder uh, at a position where the Cubs were Really, really bad this past season. So, uh, if you're a Cubs fan, it's not, uh, you still want one of those shortstops, but at least there have been moves that make you think that Jed does have a lot more room and resources to operate over the next couple months.
1: And it's nice just to have the Cubs part of that conversation. I think marrying the two points that you guys are making, you know, it was only four days ago that Jacob DeGrom signed with the Rangers and in those four days, it feels like a million other things have happened, really significant stuff all around baseball. And it would have been very easy for that, even among Cubs fans to be the story, you know, just that like, look at what's happening with Aaron judge and Justin Verlander and all these major moves that don't have any connection to the Cubs. But I feel like, the, the Cubs have still been a really significant part of the conversation about what's going on. Like whether you want to frame it as uh, finally they're back to spending or um, who they're in on, some of the biggest names in the shortstop market or the moves that they have made. Uh, I almost don't care how you want to talk about it because it's just been enjoyable for me to feel like I, as a Cubs fan, am not sitting on the outside watching something really exciting happen. It's I'm sitting on the inside and watching a lot of exciting things happen around. And um, that has been missing for a long time. And I, I want to talk about the, the specific two signings that we've seen so far. But I also wanted to sort of make the general point that, you know, it isn't just about the money that might be available now. It's something that we have talked about on this podcast going back multiple years that for so long, because the Cubs had the core in place and they had no reason to disassemble them because they were competing, roughly speaking, uh, there weren't a lot of spots available uh, to be like, oh, let's pursue this guy or, oh, let's think creatively about this guy's being a fit. You know, when a, when a Cody Bellinger is non-tendered, it was sort of like, well, you know, there's not really a spot for him, not not him specifically, but just generally speaking, the Cubs had guys locked into place and so I think for as disappointing or sad or whatever you want to frame the departures of the core including uh, you know today Wilson Contreras to the Cardinals they, that has opened up opportunities for these conversations and these moves and that too is to me an enjoyable you know that's been a huge part of my fandom of the offseason in baseball that's kind of been missing for a few years and so that also is invigorating for me.
2: Yeah, I mean, the Cubs should always be a part of the conversation at this time of year, right? It, that's that's the way it should be. They're a big market club. They have a ton of money. They should be in these conversations. I don't think there should ever be an offseason where uh, where you look at the team and say, like, okay, nothing to be done here. They, they should always be thinking of ways to uh to adjust the roster to improve the team and and spend in a significant fashion so i mean absolutely it's it's good to see and it's good to hear uh from a fan point uh from a fan perspective i'm sure uh it makes you much happier brett it just one like, <laughs> the, the way uh the way fans react to certain players i always find fascinating right i I can remember uh was it three years ago maybe three or four years ago uh just a lot of fans like why can't chris bryant be more consistent why can't he be a superstar an everyday star like cody bellinger like christian (laughs) yelich i remember those two names were the ones that were always Uh, mentioned to me like Chris Bryant needs to be more consistent this game is so up and down it's I mean Christian Yellich is now like a albatross contract for a team that really can't afford to have that happen and Cody Bellinger was just non-tendered and fans aren't excited that he's being added to the Cubs right or some fans aren't as excited as as uh, maybe you should be for the talent that he brings but just just the the idea that they're building this up the middle defense uh and really focusing on it i think is is significant because it kind of brings us back to the way the team was built when they won the world series uh they they can't really recapture exactly what that was but i think when you go look back at that team uh, it was elite defensively, right? The reason they, they were relevant in 2020 was they were elite defensively. Did they have great pitching? Absolutely. Were they riding great pitching? Yes. But if you look back at, uh, at 2016, uh, it's, it's one of those teams that, that you kind of say like, yeah, the pitchers are really good, uh, but the reason everything works here is because of the defense. And and I think if they can one of these shortstops, if they end up with uh, what I think some fans will look at as, as not an exciting move, but uh, by bringing in, if they do end up with Dansby Swanson, I think that's really, it, it'll be really interesting to see how it all kind of comes together. Uh, that they obviously need more impact on offense in some way, or, but I think defensively, you're going to see an elite team in 2023, which in turn makes the pitching much better. Uh, They'll continue to add, hopefully, to the pitching as well. Uh, But I I think that's how you kind of look at how do the Cubs compete in 2023? Maybe it's pitching and defense and not like these superstar offensive players, and you have to win uh, kind of the opposite way of the Phillies, right? The Phillies bludgeoned the opponent uh, offensively and maybe gave up too many runs because their defense was so poor, and the Cubs may have to, if, if things go as we're kind of forecasting right now they, they may have to win some like you know two to one ball games with elite defense.
0: Brett I'm curious as a Cubs fan like what was your emotional roller coaster of seeing those uh screenshots of Wilson Contreras in a Cardinals uniform?
1: You know we've had so <laughs> I contain multitudes, you know, the, we've, we've had, <laughs> I contain multitudes. <laughs> we we've had so long to deal with this departure. You know, we've had a lot of trial runs <laughs> on, right. on how to, to, to go through this day. that I think really the fact that it's the Cardinals is really the only reactive point today um, for, mo- for basically all fans. Cause I, I think we had all accepted and I tried to brace folks for the fact that when free agency hit it was over i mean wilson contreras was not coming back to the cubs the cubs have a different philosophy that they want to engage in terms of what they the skills that they're going to prioritize in a catcher and wilson contreras does a lot of things really well but he is not seen as the kind of um defensive and game planning and game calling specialist That, for example, a Jan Gomes is that maybe the Cubs just want someone to pair on that side. And so, from my perspective, I'm actually excited to see how that works. I want to see that philosophy in action and see how it plays out. Uh, But it's not like I wanted to see Contreras on the Cardinals. Like, I, you know, I remember so when Dexter Fowler went to the Cardinals and then seeing him play for that team, it was a, it was a, Lose-lose, because if he played really well, you're frustrated that he didn't stay with the Cubs and he's helping the Cardinals do well. If he doesn't do well, as he went on to not, he was treated so poorly by Cardinals fans that you hate to see that too. Because this, right. this was someone that you, as a fan, connected with over some really important years and some great performances in a Cubs uniform. And like Wilson Contreras, just super likable. Just as someone who connected with fans. It, you take that. And it's Wilson Contreras who's been in this organization for 14 years. Yeah. It's going to suck. It is going to absolutely suck to watch those games and see him playing. And I'll probably get a little bit of wry enjoyment out of the first time he throws out a Cubs base runner. And, I mean, you know he is going to lose his mind <laughs> when he does that. And I'll oh, I'll probably yeah. chuckle
2: and enjoy that. But uh, He's going to you know. admire the uh, home run he hits against oh, the team. Yes. Like That's and a great he point. Yeah. He's going to really enjoy any, any success he has against the Cubs. I think we're going to quickly understand fans are going to quickly understand why he was so disliked by opposing fans. Right. That's, (laughs) I think, I think fans will see that and quickly be like, Oh, I get it. Now this guy (laughs) is super annoying when he's on the other team. Uh, Brett, I, I mean, we've talked about it so much, right. The, the direction the Cubs are going with catching, uh, and and you can agree with it, disagree with it, whatever it is. I think it, the simple fact is the impact he brought on offense is gone right now, right? And and the way things are trending, it doesn't seem like they're going to get uh, that impact on offense at shortstop. A similar, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe they end up getting Correa, and all this is moot. Maybe they maybe the uh, Bogarts isn't as close to a Boston has been reported and the Cubs can swoop in there, whatever it is. But if they end up, whether, whether they get Swanson or not, they need to find offense somewhere like impact offense. Right. And I, I think a lot of fans are going to end if they don't add someone, that's why. And I think you, you kind of hit on this when Abreu was uh, signed, like, where are they going to find this bat that kind of is in the middle of the lineup? Uh um, if they don't end this offseason with a big bat in the middle of the lineup to put in the middle of the lineup, I think that's going to be the major question going forward because I, I think they're going to come away with the, you know another starter. We're going to look at the bullpen and say, yeah, they'll figure that out. Uh, right now, my biggest question for them is, where is that superstar that you build a lineup around? Um, it's that, that player may not – May not end up being in a Cubs uniform to start this season, and I think that's be the thing that we we kind of look at going forward, uh, especially uh, if that prospect doesn't develop. We've talked so much about Brendan Davis's injury. Uh, does Kevin Alcantara turn into superstar prospect? Whatever it may be, uh, those guys aren't going to be the 2023 impact bat. So it's just. It, uh, Right now when I look at everything, I just wonder that that's gonna be a big sticking point for me as to feeling really comfortable about saying the twenty twenty three Cubs can be a playoff contender. Uh I like I like the way a lot of things are going and, and I'm very curious to see how Jed fills out the rest of the roster. But that's the one that I'm I'm having a little trouble figuring out how you get that like really impactful bat. Well,
0: it's the funny part, once like the excitement wears off and people start doing the like projected opening day lineup stuff. It doesn't exactly like blow you away. Um, I think you can like these moves in isolation, but you're still talking about a guy who got non-tendered and like just a solid mid rotation starter with like enormous holes still uh, on your roster. And so that's why, you know, Brett, you mentioned earlier of like you felt like the Cubs took away your off seasons, well, they also took away the actual seasons these last couple of years, and so it's like what do what are we doing this for, like updated prospect rankings after the trade deadline, or like you know, oh who they might maybe they'll get a higher pick in the draft lottery. It's like uh that thing was yeah, rich. An, inor- yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah
0: an enormous amount. Uh, of work to do here before they go to uh, spring training. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel?
1: Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope
0: getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not you chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1 800 DirecTV claim based on total games carried on sports networks sports availability
1: varies by zip code and requires choice package terms and restrictions apply Yeah. I think ultimately it is not at all hard to imagine as soon as the next couple of weeks, but ultimately by the end of the off season, us sort of rounding up on one of these podcasts and saying, you know, rotation looks solid. I could see that being good. We'll look at the bullpen and we'll say, yeah, I think they'll make it work. I think they'll make it work. And we'll look at the defense and we'll say, Oh, this is a really good defensive team. And then we're going to say, Oh, how are they going to score any runs? And you know what? We'll, say uh is we'll say well maybe nico takes another step forward and maybe ian happ really is what he was last year and maybe Saya gets more comfortable and he really rocks it and maybe cody bellinger does bounce back and maybe he'll be a bat it is just going to be one big string of maybes uh, of which a whole lot of them got to be true in order for this offense to be um passable let alone a plus and so um not to belabor the point, but just it's, it is very hard when you go through what is available in free agency and compare it to where the Cubs have realistic spots available, money available, prospects and trade available. Um, It's just really hard. And it might be that these same conversations are being had behind closed doors with the Cubs. And at some point you do have to decide, you know, trade-offs, right? Like let's, let me just speak frankly, because we're kind of, talking around this thing maybe the Cubs can't get Carlos Correa for whatever reason it can't happen but maybe they can get Dansby Swanson well the fact that we're having these questions about the offense is not a reason not to get Dansby Swanson you might still evaluate him as a player who's going to help your team win games he just might not bring the big bat and that doesn't mean you don't still want that player on your team it just means you say well Okay. This is a way to improve our team. This is what's available right now in isolation. We would make this move. And therefore it's a lot like what I heard Carter Hawkins saying in an interview earlier this week, like at some point you just have to add good players. You you know, you have to, you, you can tangle yourself up in knots trying to be like, well, this has to fit with this and this has to do this. Well, sometimes if you got a good player in front of you, that's available, just try to get that guy and figure out the rest later
2: and i think fans don't want to hear it but this isn't uh go all in for 2023 offseason anyways it never was going to be uh they don't they don't view themselves as a, i mean didn't carter tell us this They're, you know we're not gonna said,
0: present th- th- ourselves th- a, as like 105 yeah team, yeah, yeah. Like i mean
2: th- that's just not reality and you can't do that all in one offseason if you do uh it's i mean that's certainly not the way Jed hoyer is going to operate right i mean the texas rangers may try and do that uh, dave dombrowski may do that at every stop that he goes to throughout his career and, and listen he gets results he has rings uh and the fan bases always love uh his off seasons right but that's just not the way Jed hoyer is ever going to operate uh so so you have to look at it as i i mean that point that carter makes just get good players sure it, i that makes sense go go get go add dansby swanson he's a really good player uh you have holes in the lineup if you look at this lineup as it as it is if you add swanson to it it's like where's the below average bat right it's probably it's potentially center field but also that could be a really good bat uh and and then obviously catcher right and other than that it's like there's no huge like terrible bat in there we don't know exactly what you get from third base um potentially some uh, something from first base but it, there's no if you can build a lineup that's not where where everyone's average to uh decently above uh that that's that works if it's pitching in defense right and and again it's not 2023 isn't the only year that we can really look at here if, if you're if you're creating something that says uh that that builds towards 24 and 25 the years that we should expect you know you know you should never expect 100 wins i guess but those are years that the, the cubs should be aiming to be the best team in baseball should be looking at looked at as there's a world series contender entering the season right if they do that in 2023 if they're a world series contender i think all of us would agree uh, it ends up being uh, Surprise, right that they're they're really uh, if they're a powerhouse team in 2023 if in july we we look up and and they're running away with the division and one of the best teams in the nl that's that's probably a pretty big surprise to all of us uh i wouldn't rule it out but it's also like the 90th percentile outcome that that would happen
0: i feel like too we've had lots of conversations here in san diego and kind of talking in circles about cubs with shortstop will they get a shortstop you know, what they've done. And then it always kind of several times it's landed on and they play in a really bad division, (laughs) probably baseball's work is not super high here. And that even just getting like competent to above average major league players across the board, um, and infusing your team with some hope from the start of the year and not have selling at the trade deadline as your default setting, um, I think that could go a long way. And I think there is uh, some self-awareness on the business side of the organization as well as the baseball side of the organization. Like, they really need to put a competitive product on the field next year. So then if, you know, you sign a pitcher who's had Tommy John twice and is not a number one, but you give him, you know, a nice multi-year commitment, like that's just the cost of doing business. Like if you want... Um, some like a floor to your team. You're gonna have to do stuff like that, and they're obviously taking a big swing uh, with Bellinger. it'd be fascinating to see like where that one goes. Um, but I don't know. We've been trying to read Jed's body language here for <laughs> a while, and I'm kind of at this weird of like parsing every quote and like how his face reacts to certain questions or, you know, how quickly he wants to uh, get away from us, things like that. (laughs) Um, But ultimately we'll see here sooner than later of, you know, whether or not they could get, you know, get someone like Swanson in there. Um, Which I'm I'm curious, your thoughts, Brett, of like Swansea's, uh, Swanson's a terrific player, but in terms of like, sizzle star power a name to put on a marquee uh, I'm not quite sure if he's he's that guy he's definitely not that guy the way Carlos Correa is at least just judging by kind of our metrics and headlines and kind of buzz uh, on social media
1: yeah and he suffers from the fact that Carlos Correa is available at the same time and Xander Bogarts and Trey Turner I think in another offseason if if Dansby Swanson were perhaps one among many solid free agents available, but perhaps was the only shortstop and perhaps was the only player viewed as like that perfect fit for wherever the Cubs were at that time. I think you would, it would register a whole lot more excitement. Um, Not even necessarily because he's like a superstar, but like, I do think about how excited fans were getting about Cody Bellinger. You know, certain circles I, I travel in particularly nerdy circles of Cubs, Fendo, <laughs> but uh, I think you know the fit was seen as so good while acknowledging super low floor and perhaps not a ton, uh, at least offensively. Um, you can't count on it, but like, you know, the fit's great. It's one year they need the center field defense, etc. Same thing with Tyon, it's like, yeah, all the Cubs need a steady presence in the rotation to carry forward several more years, and maybe there's a little upside there, yada yada, you know, but I, I think. just in a different free agent landscape, Swanson would be seen at least at that level of excitement. Now you do have pocket. There are pockets of Cubs fandom that love him that think he is just the, the next coming and that uh, there's the Venn diagram has a lot of overlap with fans that uh, don't really like Carlos Correa because of the Astros cheating scandal. That actually is, I I have been surprised that that still lingers a lot. Um, And then you get into the baseball stuff and I could, you know, we can deconstruct any of these guys and talk about the risks or the upsides. And I think the the challenge with, with Swanson is I fans have become sophisticated enough to know that his production in 2022, which was excellent, his actual results offensively were excellent. Uh, it doesn't take much digging to to see, oh, I don't know how repeatable that was in terms of the quality of the contact, in terms of how many fastballs he was seeing and he absolutely feasts on fastballs and like, what's the adjustment look like when, you know, next year rolls around. I-, I think that hurts a little bit too. So to answer your question, Mooney, about how much sizzle is there and you know, how much can Markey sell him and how exciting will the banners be if he were to be signed and they go up, probably less than 10 years ago uh, for a player like that. But I think, um, I do think the, he's got a little bit of that star energy to him. Former number one overall pick his uh, fiance is a star on the the local soccer team. And I mean, I think there will be a little bit of a, a Q score bump, but he's not Carlos Correa. And that's, that's just, that's the main problem in terms of fan excitement.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, I, I keep coming back to that and it like, I I just expect fans to be underwhelmed if he's, if he ends up uh, with the Cubs and and the, I understand it. I, I'm not sure if I fully agree with it, but I completely understand it because it's just, he, it, they, I mean, you nailed it. Like Carlos Correa is available again, right? They wanted him last winter <laughs> and somehow he's available again. That it's hurts the, too. Yeah. Yeah. That it's right. two off
1: seasons uh, in a row. That, yeah. That hurts so
2: the, so if they lose out on him two winters in a row, fans are just, they're, they don't want that. They don't like, that's not going to be acceptable. Uh I just keep coming back to where, where does the where does the impact back come from? Then are we looking at next offseason already? Is there a trade that we're not thinking about that could be made? Um, I mean, obviously Otani's the big prize next winter, but you can't I, I don't think you can think like that. I don't think um, I mean you're always thinking the, these front offices are always projecting out forward. I, I talked to someone that said they, they kind of they, they had a, a roadmap for this offseason kind of set up. Uh, last offseason, season, right? And and that's you 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 want to have something like that. You want to start thinking about things early. But we, I mean, the Dodgers are going to be in on on Shohei Atani. Once you're going up against like the Dodgers and and probably the Mets and stuff like that, suddenly you're you're talking about like how realistic is it to get a guy like that? You can't you, you can't be. That's just not a real way to build a team. Thinking about how you get a guy that's going to be arguably the most hotly pursued uh, free agent ever. So uh, it, I mean it, it's just for me I keep coming back to that. Where is the impact offense coming from? Where where do they find it? Uh, how do they get creative to find that player if if they need to get creative? Um so there, there's I think it's Otani and maybe Machado are available next year. So even if you start thinking about next offseason, uh it just it's it's going to be hard. It's going to be – I think it's just going. – we're going to continue to talk about this uh, unless they surprise us with a move this winter.
0: I mean, I don't know how the Cubs, you know, should be expected to be able to compete with the Minnesota Twins uh, in a bidding war <laughs> two years in a row for Carlos Correa. But I think we're probably getting ahead of ourselves here, as uh, Jed Hoyer would say. Uh, can't – a lot of these questions have been – let me answer that in spring training. Let me look at, you know, judge us on the entire body of work, uh, this off season. Uh, I'm not going to give you our entire playbook. You know, I'm not going to tell you what play we're, uh, running next. Um, other than it's obvious that the Cubs are in on way more possibilities than they have in years. And that'll probably be my, uh, takeaway from, uh, this winter meetings here that, all of a sudden it was like this pitcher, that pitcher, you know, we met with all of the things of that nature. And I think if you kind of keep going after those players, uh, when you're the Cubs, you should be uh, bringing them back to Chicago. It's really not, they have the money, they have the openings. And from what it sounds like there is, you know, some level of urgency, just not at the Dave Dombrowski uh, 11 year uh, type of thresholds
1: well and maybe that's a good wrapping place for this as the winter meetings wrap and as this conversation wraps that for as active as it's been around baseball and and some activity for the Cubs as well there really is still a lot of off season ahead there are still a lot of players not signed we've seen precious little trade activity around baseball and we know that that tends to tick up as you get into December and then into January and I think it's for as unsatisfying as it might be to like leave tonight, for example, and we don't know what's happening with the shortstops. And I need to know right now, I think that it's fair to say, you know, all right, that that maybe it is just the first quarter and there are going to be additional checkpoints at which we can evaluate the Cubs offseason and say, okay, now some of those questions I had in early December where I was like, it's hard to see this, or it's hard to see that maybe some of it will be answered. Um, or maybe it won't and we'll be you know, having familiar conversations in spring training. I certainly hope not. And I don't think the Cubs, I genuinely don't think the Cubs want that. I think there is a sense, you know, the, the old saw that we would talk about them giving themselves a 10% chance at competing in spring training. I don't think that's where things are now. I think there is, as Mooney said, at least some added urgency to really try to get that on paper 85 win team that, you know, couple bounces your way and you are in, in contention. Uh, so I think we'll leave it there. I hope you guys have safe travels back from the winter meetings. That's Patrick Mooney and of Sharma. You can read their stuff at the athletic as you should just fantastic stuff all week from the winter meetings. And I'm sure there will be additional great stuff in the aftermath of the winter meetings. I'm Brett Taylor. You can get my stuff at bleacher nation and we will be back at you. You know, it's an irregular schedule in the off season. It's basically as the the news dictates but we will hear from us again soon and we always appreciate you listening and hope you have a great rest of your week take care all